Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I talk a lot about consumer lawsuits here, but I don't think I've talked much about this. Johnson & Johnson has been sued uh, over whether there's a connection between the, the telc they sell and cancer among the people who've used it. And uh, these lawsuits have been uh, a real problem for them. Uh, at one point in time, uh, they tried to get rid of these lawsuits in a bankruptcy court. That didn't quite work out. Uh, some of the lawsuits have gone to trial. They've won a few. They've lost a few. A couple of the losses, though, were quite large. And so now they've decided to take a different angle on this. Johnson & Johnson sues researchers who linked talc to cancer. So now they're suing the scientists who did the math on this. Uh, Dietrich now wrote this for Reuters. Johnson & Johnson has filed a lawsuit uh, and sued four doctors who published studies citing links between talc-based personal care products and cancer. And they're escalating their attack on scientific studies that the company alleges are inaccurate. Now, Johnson & Johnson's subsidiary, LTL Management, absorbed the company's talc liability in a controversial 2021 spinoff. Last week, filed a lawsuit in New Jersey federal court asking it to force three researchers to retract and or issue a correction of a study that said that asbestos-contaminated consumer talc products sometimes caused patients to develop mesothelioma. And I'm sure you've seen the ads on TV about mesothelioma. Uh, one of the researchers declined to comment. The other two did not respond to requests for comment. Uh, lawyers who have represented the three researchers in similar litigation in the past declined to comment. So apparently these people have been sued before. Johnson & Johnson is facing more than 38,000 lawsuits alleging the company's talc products, including its baby powder, were contaminated by asbestos and caused cancers, including ovarian cancer and the mesothelioma. Johnson & Johnson is attempting to resolve those lawsuits, as well as any future talc lawsuits, through an $8.9 billion settlement in bankruptcy court. J&J says that its talc products are safe and do not contain asbestos. They stopped selling talc-based baby powder in favor of cornstarch-based products, citing an increase in lawsuits and misinformation about the talc product's safety. So they're saying, look, the stuff's perfectly safe. If we took it off the market, it was simply because it's costing us too much to leave it on the market. And if people think the stuff is unsafe for whatever reason, well, you know, we got to deal with that. The company in 2021 began exploring bankruptcy as a potential solution to these lawsuits, which saw a mixed result record at trial. Uh, they won several of the cases, but they also got hit with a $2.1 billion verdict uh, in favor of 22 women who blamed their ovarian cancer on asbestos in the company's talc products. J&J said in a bankruptcy filing in April that the cost of the verdicts, settlements, and legal fees has exceeded $4 billion. And by the way, uh, a lot of people are going to weigh in on this. I have no idea. I have no idea there's a connection between the two. I don't know. I don't know. And the question is, can anyone know? And then, of course, can you know this to a degree of scientific certainty? Because that's the question that arises in court. And so I'm very curious to know uh, what basis there is for suing the researchers. Uh, because if the research was faulty, you think that would have come out in those cases that they tried. Because you have to be able to create the link in court. You can't just say... I did that, therefore that. There is a, a legal fallacy, post hoc ergo propter hoc, 
which says that you cannot just say, well, two things happened in order, therefore the second one was caused by the first. You've got to be able to link that up through expert testimony. And so if the expert testimony is flawed, you think that would come out in court. So I'm curious to know how that came about. Last week's lawsuit against two of the pathologists affiliated with Peninsula Pathology Associates in Newport News, Virginia, and a pulmonologist who worked at Massachusetts General Hospital before he retired, comes on the heels of another lawsuit they filed in late May against another doctor who works at Northwell Health in Great Neck, New York. She published an article in 2019 studying 33 patients who said their only exposure to asbestos came from talc products, and the three other researchers followed up with a 2020 study of 75 similar patients. All four doctors have provided expert testimony in lawsuits against Johnson & Johnson, and their research has been cited in lawsuits where they have not testified, according to the complaints. LTL, again, that's a spinoff company, said the researchers concealed the fact that some or all of the patients involved in their studies had been exposed to asbestos from other sources. Companies also asking the court to force the researchers to disclose the identities of the patients in their studies. The lawsuits allege product disparagement and fraud, among other claims. Uh, meanwhile, a professor at the University of Southern California Gould School of Law said companies rarely file lawsuits over research they disagree with. It will be very difficult for LTL to prove that the researchers intentionally harmed Johnson & Johnson's reputation, which is required for product disparagement cases in New Jersey. But the company may view the lawsuits as a way to discourage other researchers or reclaim the narrative about talc safety. When a litigant starts suing opposing experts that's very aggressive, it sends a message that the gloves are off. One of the doctors involved in all of this has argued in court papers that this litigation would have a profoundly chilling effect on future medical research if the company is allowed to unmask patients in the hopes of publicly smearing them. Her court filings say that LTL's lawsuit was meant to attack and silence scientists, and that she has an ethical obligation to protect the identities of her research subjects. Uh, LTL's lawsuits allege that the doctor's research allowed them to collect millions of dollars from plaintiff's lawyers to push a false narrative about Johnson & Johnson. The complaint against the doctor, for example, said she made a small fortune testifying as a paid expert in lawsuits, receiving over $3 million from her work on asbestos lawsuits. LTL alleged that another researcher also made more than $3 million testifying as a plaintiff's expert. The researchers could not immediately be reached for comment, which I believe we mentioned earlier. LTL had filed similar lawsuits against researchers last year, but those complaints were linked to LTL's first bankruptcy and were dismissed along with the rest of the bankruptcy. So uh, that is a pretty big deal. And I'm going to let you know right now, and this is going to be an attempt on my part to actually point out both sides to an argument, even though, like I said, I don't know who's right here. I do not know. Do not have not studied this issue that closely. However, I can think of an example where this would have been a very dangerous thing. So for instance, let's suppose the tobacco companies back in the 60s and 70s had decided to actually start suing the experts who claimed there was some wacky link between smoking cigarettes and lung cancer. What if they'd done that instead of doing what they wound up doing? And that was playing along with the Surgeon General and so on and so forth. And we all recall the time when there were experts uh, saying that, yes, cigarettes cause cancer and other health problems. And we also saw tobacco executives 
get in front of Congress and say there's absolutely no link whatsoever. And what if they had simply gone after, and I understand they did go after some of the experts in some manners, but I'm talking about if they had simply said, we're going to make a united front here and simply sue the researchers back to the Stone Age. Let's do that before we do anything else. I wonder what would have happened with respect to uh, cigarette smoking in America. So that's one question I have. But I can also tell you, I've read books on this, uh, on the topics of experts testifying in court. And we've used experts in court for years, for years. And I can tell you that there was a time you could go into court with cancer and say the cancer was caused by trauma. So, for instance, if you were involved in a car accident in a time before seat belts or shoulder harnesses or anything like that, and um, you hit your chest on the steering wheel, and a little while later you developed cancer in your chest. Or, or let's say you were at work one day and you got hit in the head by a box falling off a shelf, and you later developed brain cancer. There was a time when you could find experts who said, yeah, we've done studies on this. And if the body suffers some kind of impact, that can cause cancer. And so when that box fell off that shelf and hit the guy in his workplace, that was a workplace injury, but it caused his brain cancer. And so traumatic cancer was something that was talked about in court. Experts came in and testified, and juries awarded money. And years later, they realized, oh, that's not quite how that works. So there are two ends to this spectrum. And that is good science and what they call junk science. And I'm always leery about talking too much about that because I know some people who will label pretty much any science they don't understand or they disagree with as junk science. But the traumatic cancer was one that was used in courts and it's not used anymore because they now recognize that that's not accepted by the medical community in general. So I don't know. Um, I am a little concerned when I see that they say that, oh, yes, one study involved 33 patients and one study involved 75 patients. And I do know that quite often when somebody releases a study and says, we did a study of 33 samples, 75 samples, someone will often come along and say, you know something, we need to know more about this. How about this? Let's go get some funding from somebody and do a study and not just have 75 people, not just 33 people, but maybe a few hundred people. And instead of patients that come from one area, let's get patients from the whole country. Let's get patients from several countries. And, and so you can do that also. I don't know if those studies have been done or if they're being done right now. I'd be very curious to know about that. But as of right now, Johnson & Johnson is suing the researchers who said there was a link between the talc used by Johnson & Johnson and cancer that arose later in the consumers who used it. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. A lot of people sent this to me. Thank you very much. Dietrich now wrote that for Reuters. Questions or comments, put them below. I'm going to stand up in a second and show you my T-shirt someone sent me. It's got owls on it. They're not flying, but they are low. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself.